I don't know if um, I, I specifically Gil. Uh, I don't know if you're familiar at all with. Uh, okay, you have you've known me for what twenty years now, so you you have to know Thomas Sowell at least peripherally, right? Because I brought him up like ad nauseum. Yeah, yeah, oh. I definitely know him for sure. Okay, so Thomas Sowell has been talked about, you know, in terms of, you know, this uh, issue of, like, hatred toward Jews and, well, like, basically hatred toward minorities because he's a black man and so on and so forth. And uh, one of the most... Inter- so, first of all, one of the most interesting things that I've ever heard was somebody asking him the question, what can the Jews do to curb hatred toward them? And Thomas Sowell's answer was literally one word. And the word was fail. Yeah, I think I remember that. Yeah, all the Jews need to do is start failing. (laughs) And he actually wrote this whole uh, essay, which is really interesting about how the prejudice of middleman minorities pops up. And, you know, this isn't just about the Jews. It's about, you know, like um, the Armenians, you you know, uh, and, uh, the Chinese in various areas around China when they immigrate and so on and so forth. But I mean, specifically with the Jews, uh, I mean, anybody who knows anything about history knows that Jews were not actually allowed to own property in Europe for like centuries, right? You know, like the, the, the merchant of Venice uh, written by Shakespeare, and by the way, I'm a, a major Shakespeare fan, but Shakespeare was probably a a, a major anti-Jew guy. <laughs> uh, yeah, uh, Merchant of Venice. <laughs> when, when he was writing The Merchant of Venice, because Shylock uh, is portrayed as the villain, but, you know, during that time in Venice... Uh, Jews weren't allowed to own property. So they needed to literally, they literally needed to make their money through finances. They just needed to, you know, you know, it's like every, everything that everybody says against like hedge fund managers and everything like that. Oh, these are people who are making money by moving money around. Like, they're not actually doing anything other than moving money around. Yeah, that was the only thing that the Jews could do in Venice. And still make If I'm not mistaken, I mean, it was also a thing that, like, Christians were very, like, found money to be, like, sort of, like, dirty business. So it's oftentimes the non-Christians who would do it. And the Jews were, like, the obvious choice because they were spread out all through Europe. Well, 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 yeah. I, I mean, in Islam, particularly, it's very explicitly 
said in the Quran that it, it's a sin to charge interest on loans. Yeah. And, How you know, at least specific. <laughs> so, <laughs> uh, so, yeah, I, I mean, it, it was, it's, I, the Jews, just like the Armenians, just like, you know, Chinese immigrants, just like so many other people fall into that category of middleman minorities. And you, you can kind of see how people build a philosophical target. There and it, it, you know that's a problem. It is an interesting discussion because uh, I've I've heard many many things about the theories for like why Jews were hated over the years, but yeah. but it's uh it is kind of feels like that Jews were the first like what you would call like successful nomads. Like they're essentially um yeah. they they tended to like move around, um yeah. and they moved around in order to be successful. Actually, like you know they. The whole story of like the reason why they went to Egypt is because they um, because there was a drought in Canaan, right, uh, and where Israel is, and so they went to Egypt. And uh, we don't know Exodus, the story of Exodus, uh, how accurate it is, but but basically archaeological, not too accurate, but like uh, there's archaeological findings that that there were Semitic like tribes that moved from from. Canaan to uh, to Egypt, and they actually, and and they became very very successful there over the decades. And yeah. there's even uh, a dynasty of rulers that were, what would be, the 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 Jews of the time, like the Semites, um, like they literally moved to Egypt and then got into positions of power of power and eventually took over the government. And and that's probably that was the reason, or at least the story of Exodus. Um, that's why they were kicked out. Like that, the natives said, "Like, what's up with these like you know people that are like you know second, third, fourth generation immigrants essentially that are taking over our country?" So they made all these laws. This was hap what happens to Jews all over the world. They go someplace, they become very successful. And I don't know if it's the nomadic nature of that they have, and the fact that they're very. Um, there's like an argument that they're one of the first people to to write, to read and write, to to have like a written, um, the alphabet and stuff, um, and maybe all those things were advantages that like wherever they went, they just within a few generations they become extremely successful and oftentimes get into a position of power because if you're successful, and 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 people that are native don't like that like it sucks like it sucks that like you just moved here a generation ago and already like you know all your kids are like doctors and lawyers and successful meanwhile your family is here for like 10 generations and you're still poor it's uh, the envy is uh, it's understandable and i think yeah. jews were the original yeah. ones that did that uh but 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 since then chinese like you said like you know yeah you have like you know, Japanese, Chinese, like um, you have a lot of like immigrant groups. Like now it's also like the Indians that, you know, um, that come and like become very successful in, in the U.S. and Canada, you know, become like computer engineers and things like that. You come from these like backgrounds where whatever it is, the education, the literacy, uh, Chinese people are very good with math. I think it has to do with their language structure. Things oh, like that. Also, also the culture. Just the culture of like being obsessed with like education, 
Yeah, for sure. Whatever it is, they have some edge on on certain groups. Uh, like they, they actually like are more successful than than white people in the U.S. Like forget like you know minority groups that that it pisses people off. You know, have you guys that, seen the um, the video that somebody made in addressing that ridiculous crap that they started saying um, in like uh, college acceptance things and various other groups. They're now publicly saying that um, Asian people are no longer a minority group. They're um, they're considered white. Yeah, I mean that's what happened to Jews. <laughs> no, but, but, but I'm saying, but I'm saying there's a there's a video where <laughs> some people made in response to that where they're reading the thing off as ridiculous as it is and it's saying like uh, you know it's an official letter whatever you know regarding their you know, policies and whatever, and saying that, like, Asian people are no longer considered a minority group, which doesn't make any sense. <laughs> and then it says, that yeah. they, and then to, to double down on that, it actually literally says that they're considered white. And <laughs> it just cuts to these Asian guys, and they all look at each other and go, what? And then it, it smash cuts to them, like, um, <laughs> doing a whole but like a series of really funny things. The one that made me laugh the most is this Asian guy walking past a cop car and just like waving at the cops, like "What up?" <laughs> <laughs> but uh, but yeah, it was, it was pretty fun. Just a bunch of stuff that's stereotypically considered uh, to be like white privilege. I should have you know? like a uh, little Dicky um, like redo the video of like uh, you know it's nice to be a white. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. and do it with like an Asian friend with them. That would be the very, <laughs> very funny. Yeah, I, I, I was actually just thinking, and uh, I just want to put this out there for a completely blank on this. This might actually be a fun conversation about like when are we going to talk about movies in a way where, like, okay, we're Movies that do it well in terms of history in respecting the audience, but still just like getting to the point. Movies that respect the audience too much and put a bunch of history into the movie that the audience isn't going to get. And movies that kind of spend way too much time, like with the uh, with the the palm out, like okay, we're just going to feed you all the history that you probably already know, and uh, you know, just kind of go from there. Like it's it's just one of those weird things. I mean, Israel is one of those things where I kind of expect that 75% of Americans don't know what the fuck is going on there. Uh, honestly, I, I barely know. And I, I grew up I, there. Like, I, I mean, no, I don't know all the details. I'm being generous. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I, I, I mean, I don't know what the fuck is going on there like half the time. But, I mean, just, you know, like, just think about movies like uh, Gettysburg. You know, there's a setup at the beginning of the movie where it's just like, okay, the Confederacy is moving this way. 
the Northern Army is, and they're converging on this spot. And this is what's going to be going on from this point in the movie. And you still have four and a half hours of movie to deal with all the shit that actually happened over those three days. But, I mean, that wasn't patronizing to the audience or, or anything like that. But um, I, it's just one of those things where it is a really thin line to toe, right? When you're making a historical drama of, you know, like, how much am I expecting my audience to actually know coming in, right? Yeah. Uh, I mean, nowadays, I don't even know if the average Gen uh, Gen Zer or Zoomer or whatever the fuck you call them, you know, like knows what you know Decal was. Um, I I would say that if we're gonna base it off of the numerous viral videos where people are on the street asking people <laughs> questions, I would say that uh, since you see a lot of them that can't name, you know, any, uh, the countries in North America, I would say that, that, uh, there's a pretty good bet that, uh, the, uh, that a lot of people in this country can't, uh, find Israel on a map. So. Yeah. I, although I do wonder sometimes, uh, I listened to the Bill Maher podcast and, and one of the, you know, he often I, I likes love that podcast. Yeah, no, it's one of my I favorites. Love for that. Sure. <laughs> it's, love just, that it's just, it's so just like the way he talks to people, it just <laughs> kind of brings out like just very casual discussions with people that like you wouldn't usually have in interviews. Yeah. But, but in any case, but, and he's also very, very open, but, but the thing he likes to go back on way too many times is like, which kind of makes him seem like a grumpy old man is the whole thing was like, you know, today's kids, you know, like they don't know this, they don't know that. Every generation says that about like, you know, other, there's always going to be obviously a lot of smart people of certain generations and, and there's always going to be dumb ones. And I think more than anything, obviously you want to have curiosity and you want to try and constantly learn. And actually I was going to say, like, I, I noticed that um, in the, suggestions for like similar movies there's another movie called golda from 2019 that's a documentary and i was like oh, i should check it out it's on it's free on tubi but yeah because like i seen this movie i'm curious to know more about like how she rose to power and what was yeah. the circumstances like i want to know because I, I barely knew i was pretty sure she was on the left but i wasn't 100 percent sure you see like even like that kind of a detail um i wasn't sure so yeah um, so, yeah, so I think generally just more than anything, yes, maybe some people don't learn too much stuff in school or whether the, whether the curriculum just sucks. But I think hopefully and that's the goal, I guess, like at least with me, with my kids, is you want to foster curiosity. You have like, you know, these devices like these phones and you have streaming, you have all this content available. And if if you stay a curious person and a worldly person and you, you want to learn about history, about like technology about various things 
that's all that matters. And I'm sure somebody will grab me on the street and, and trip me up with like certain questions. Maybe not like, you know, can you name some countries in North America? <laughs> like not a question that stupid. But, uh, but you know, I mean, somebody can ask me like, where's Ukraine? And I, I like, is it south or north of something, something country? And I might mess that up. I might not know. I mean, there's a lot of countries in Europe and it's a little confusing. Yeah. Um, but but yeah, so I, I try to like be very, uh, I think, generous as far as like, you know, not giving too yeah. much crap to like newer generation and, and not be a grumpy old man about it. <laughs> I, I don't try. I'm a grumpy old man. <laughs> yeah. uh, right. Embrace and I'm it. the young, I, I'm the youngest and I'm probably the grumpiest. <laughs> yeah, I guess it's not an old uh, man. It's just a grumpy uh, thing. Uh, yeah, but I, I mean, you know, I will say that, you know, there was a bar that I frequented in D.C. and uh, one of the bartenders was from Mongolia. And at one point, you know, I was just like the only guy there at the bar and I got to talking to her and she was talking about being from Mongolia and like how nobody knows where Mongolia is. And I was just like, what? south of russia east of kazakhstan north of china like I, and i mean she looked at me like i was from mars because i actually knew that <laughs> have you played if you if you've played risk a lot you know where mongolia is right it, it, it's a pretty big freaking country and also you know the way back is one of my oh yeah i'm sure that helped it, <laughs> right in in the pocket favorite movies and uh, everything like that but i've never seen uh, it. Uh, wait you, you said she was a she yeah like that i wonder if she was like oh that's so hot but you never know like sometimes uh certain things tickle yeah. people yeah but yeah but i mean there, there's but on the other end there is a thing of um yeah, I, I keep bringing this up that intelligence is ageless. You know, like you can be a prodigy at, you know, the age of four. Like you could be somebody who somehow understands calculus, you know, in the fourth grade. You can be somebody who somehow can put quantum theory into understandable terms at an amazingly young age but wisdom is something that actually takes time wisdom is not something that you can have in the fourth grade wisdom takes experience and and by the way i think that's one of the more brilliant of Oppenheimer, is that Oppenheimer, like the film Oppenheimer, was dealing with somebody who was just fucking brilliant the entire time, and you know the antagonist Strauss even saying like, "How is somebody who is how is somebody who is so capable of seeing so far?" Uh, not capable of seeing what was right in front of him and so on and so forth. So much of the brilliance of Oppenheimer is the fact that they're, that they're 
dealing with a brilliant mind that was not wise throughout so much of his life. And I think that a lot of this ties into Golda in that Golda, I, I mean, I, I, I think that she was a legitimately brilliant person. I, like she was definitely high IQ and not, uh, you know, she was, she wasn't the, the governor of New Mexico at this point, you know, like that freaking moron. I, she was a, she was a smart person, but she was also wise. And a lot of people still have to deal with the fact that she was wise at that time. And that we, a lot of us younger people and I'm 38 and I'm the youngest of the crew. And I am still not as wise as Golda was at that time. (laughs) Uh, so there's a certain reverence to Golda that is in that movie that I really respect. Uh, that was probably a roundabout way of making a point, but you know, uh, it's, uh, <laughs> oh, I think it's a good point. It kind of like brings us, uh, yeah, the landing, I think, <laughs> but, uh, yeah. but yeah, no, I think it's a good way to tie it in because yeah. Cause often, there's a, this whole discussion about like leaders being too old, the whole like, you know, Biden being against Trump again in like 2024. Uh, it's, uh, I am definitely not a fan of it. And I wish there was like younger, you know, like Obama, like, you know, charismatic people that can come in and maybe even do a better job than Obama. But, but, you know, but, but I just, yeah, the idea of like a younger leader, like an up and comer, like um, that, yeah, maybe doesn't have the wisdom and the experience of someone, but as long as he's, if, like I said, back to the whole thing. If you're curious, well, I, I mean, I'm Team Vivek, so you know. Like, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> I, I'm definitely not, but but you know, he's but a populist. <laughs> come on. Yeah. But exactly, and he's a Trumper too. But in any case, uh, uh, but but in any case, uh, it's I I think the idea is is that with leadership. Just like Golda was leaning, she was saying in the in the movie, like I'm not a, a general, like I'm not a military person. I'm a prime minister. Like that's why she needed to lean on her military people. Um, same thing with yeah. like a leader. Like if you have a, let's face it, like the president of the United States, and sometimes prime ministers too. Like they're they're figureheads. They're like, essentially like a Tony Robbins. Like they're kind of like a motivational speaker. Like they're they're a person yeah. at the head of the country. That you want to feel good about that's there that's it's good for morale and and all that but as far as making decisions even if they lack some experience as long as long as they're cool in the head and they can take advice from the right people that have more experience um they can use their smarts to process the wisdom of of people with more experience but but filter it through their like their smarts and their like uh, perspective because sometimes I, sometimes having like a newer perspective like a younger perspective is is a good thing. Yeah. Uh, it goes back to the whole generational thing. Like you never know. Like you never know. Like it's um, I'm sure there's someone brilliant will come along and he'll be younger than us and and he'll be like you know better than anybody expected. He'll be like a like a zoomer, you know. <laughs> so. 
so well, so well, yeah, I, I hold hope that there's always like some good ones in each generation, you know. Well, I mean, like you know, case in point, uh, like the Eagles Vikings game today. I, I mean, both of their head coaches are younger than any of us. And yeah, I, I mean, it, it's actually been a trend in the NFL recently to, you know, get head coaches who are younger. younger and more innovative and, you know, like so on and so forth. So, 